Officially in episode 12. This is uh, almost three months now that we've been doing this, trying to build up a little bit of a following, and I think uh, we, we've made some strides. Uh, and you know, we appreciate every fucking sour cream out of the container. Uh, but we appreciate that people have been tuning in because people have tuned in. Bobby the Brainless here is uh, eating an entire pint of sour cream. So. <laughs> As he eats, I'll just keep talking. So, you know, this week we're going to talk WWE, uh, SmackDown, Raw, NXT. We went to an NXT house show, and we'll have a report on that. Good, bad, and the ugly of it. And Definitely the ugly of it. We're not even. I mean, there wasn't really anything bad about the show on Thursday. It was just there was just ugliness in its entirety that I had to endure for two and a half fucking hours. You know, I've I've been to let me let me just put this down for a second before I spill that. Let me explain something to you. I've been to a lot of places that I was extremely uncomfortable in. I spent many a many times at an OTB, and if you don't know what an OTB is, it's an off-track betting site where you can bet on the horses, you can bet on the greyhounds, you can bet on high life, and. The scum of the of the world actually goes there. The guys that go there who bet like 10 cent quinella boxes and they throw like seven dogs in there and somehow they don't win. And, uh, for know, those who don't know what a quinella box is, you're picking the top four dogs or four horses in a race and they have to come in in an exact, well, if you do a box, it could be, you have to have the top four in whatever that's order. That's a superfecta. Uh, um, quinella is the top two. Oh, yeah, two. top two, top two. My brain's... Yeah. My brain's stir-fried from... Uh, Sour cream? No, that's all you. That's all you. Uh, but Suit yourself. Anyway, a lot... a lot. The the problem with the OTBs is that the people that actually go there... They're a unique breed. They're, they're a unique breed. Not everybody that goes there is a unique breed, but there are like the... I'd say about 50 to 60% of the people that actually go to the OTBs, whether it's the ones that are just fucking out of their minds insane, whether it's the guys in their... Yeah, with their three teeth, or the guys that are there in their 80s who, you know, it takes them, you know, three and a half hours just to go from the door to wherever they're sitting, and then they, you know, they spend like three and a half hours on the uh, on the, on the voucher machine making their bets, and it's like, dude, you don't have to bet the entire card for every single track and every single race, 
for the next six months. You know, I have to make bets too. Then you got the guys that are there where the point of this is where it's going is you have the guys that are there that would rather spend a dollar on a bet than a dollar on a bar of soap. So that's part of the ugly from NXT. So we'll get into that a little bit. Uh, Did you say we're going to talk about SmackDown? We're going to talk SmackDown. We're NXT. No Mercy. We're talking, definitely talking No Mercy. We're going to have match predictions. Your wife's not. I'm going to bring something up that, uh, you know, for the most part, we talk a little bit before the show, and we'll plan some of the stuff out. A lot of it is really just kind of off the cuff, but I, I thought of something, you know, in the meantime, you know, not not entirely dissimilar from your sour cream eating thing, but it'll be something uh, where each of us will have to put something on the line in a match at No Mercy. Speaking of No Mercy, your, your wife's definitely not going to show me any mercy when I go downstairs. No, you're, you're going to have to clean that out with Lysol and bleach and everything. She she's gonna she's gonna be on you. It's not even that bad. I got like ninety percent of it on me. Be- before we we started uh, the audio version of this podcast, Bobby the Brainless spilled his beer all over a table, and uh, we did our best to clean it up beforehand. But uh, there there's still probably some remnants there that probably need to be uh, sanitized and what have you. So. Sanitize my ass. It doesn't need to be sanitized. So uh, Bobby the Brainless has uh, got a pretty <laughs> solid pace here with eating the sour cream. It looks like he's like a third of the way done. How how you, how you feeling about this so far? I can do this. It, how's your stomach? Your stomach's agreeing with it? That's good. Well, that's because I haven't drank since I started eating this. All right. So Bobby the Brainless, uh, working it. By the way, so, uh, yeah. the official sponsor of today's podcast is not going to be Colt 45. Today's unofficial sponsor of the fucking Marks podcast is brought to you by Daisy Brand Sour Cream. <laughs> yep, Daisy Brand Sour Cream. Thank you so much for making this moment happen. Also, I'd like to send out a shout out to the unofficial beer of the fucking Marks podcast, Colt 45. Because if the 40 don't get you, the 5 will. Even if Juicy J is on the. Bottle. I liked it better with Billy D. Who didn't? Everybody loved Billy D. All right. So, so what, what do you want to start with? Do you want to do raw? I'm starting with the sour cream, so go ahead. All right. So why don't we just kind of go in order of the week? We'll start with raw. So raw this week, uh, they started the episode of raw again with Roman Reigns, and I mean, I, I knew from right off the bat, right there, that it was going to be a long night. You know, three-hour Raw is a long night all the time, but this was just really, it, it really was a sign of things to come. I, I, actually, I thought what they did with Reigns and Rusev here was actually really good, and it, you know, led to them announcing for uh, Hell in a Cell, they're having a Hell in a Cell match between those two guys. They've had, you know, a pretty potent feud going on for the the past, you know, couple of months, and it actually deserves having a Hell in a Cell blow-off. Oh, by the way, play-by-play here for those who aren't watching and are listening to this. Bobby the Brainless just took his first swig of beer after having all the sour cream. And he had, like, the worst bitter beer face. This is hilarious. If you are not watching the live podcast, go to our Facebook page, 
the FN Marks, uh, and that's on Facebook.com slash. So check it out there so you can see Bobby the Brainless's face. Oh, th- th- this is just priceless, so. I hope you're all happy. I, I, you know, this is. Thank for, you for watching. Thank you, know, you for, uh, for everybody who's listened. Everybody who's downloaded. As I said before, if we got to 100 downloads, you know, before this week's episode, I was going to do the stupid thing, and you people actually went out there and voted that I eat the sour cream. So that's what I'm doing. Frankly, I just think that people wanted me to eat the sour cream to see if I would actually throw up. But you know, jokes on them. Uh, sour cream is my favorite condiment, so. Eat for now. Pitches. Yeah, for now. Yeah, sometimes too much of a good thing is not a good thing. I, I'd say you're like 40% to 50% of the way there. That's pretty awesome. You you are killing that thing, man. I, I wasn't lying, I guess, when I said that you were going to destroy the pint of sour cream. It, it looks kind of scrumptious. So. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Why are you going to lie to me? All right. Yeah, you brought up. I'm sorry. So I'm we sorry, brought up I'm Roman sorry. Reigns and Rusev. We were talking about Rusev and Roman Reigns, and now it's set up for the Hell in a Cell at the uh, the next pay per view, wherever the hell it is. I don't even care at this point. Hell in a Cell. Hell in a Cell, obviously. Duh. They don't uh, call him the brainless one for nothing. I'm eating fucking sour cream, and I'm sitting in a puddle of beer. Give me some, <laughs> give me some slack here, please. This is the Jesus best. <laughs> this is the best episode ever. You know, this is the first time I'm actually glad that my father's in Facebook jail because if he wasn't, he would be watching this and be like, "Don't worry, I'm I tagged gonna, him on this. You Once know, he's I, out of jail, he's back. Uh, he's, he's gonna, gonna be like, I'm gonna delete you as my son. Delete. Great. Final deletion. So, uh, yeah, I thought I, the, the the build up was really good. They had uh, Reigns come out. He uh, cut a little bit of a promo, got interrupted quickly by Lana, who was looking spectacular. And Ravishing? Exactly. So Lana comes down. Next thing you know, Rusev comes down, beats the holy hell out of Reigns. And, you know, later on, Mick Foley, I think, uh, set the match up. Or maybe, uh, no, Reigns was the one who said, you know what, I think I, we should settle this in hell in the cell. And Foley ended up granting them their wish, so right. Hell in a Cell will be the blow-off to this feud. Unfortunately, I, I think this spells uh, bad things, because I think Roman Reigns in his golden shovel will bury Ro- uh, Rusev back down the ladder. I couldn't agree more with you. I have the same feelings towards this match. Roman Reigns. I think they'll golden... put on a fine, sh- fine match. It's just the you know, sucky outcome. I really, I really do wish that once this is all said and done, that they, you know, they put him and John Cena and Triple H all on the, on the same show and make them a stable and just call them the, the, the barriers or the golden shovelers or whatever you want to call them. Well, just have we, all of them hey, come out when all three of them can come out with golden shovels and everything. W- what if we? They could be a faction with the Undertaker and they could be the Druids, that and, and they dig the graves. For the Undertaker's victims, right? Right? Sure, we'll go with that. All right, it was a good idea like 20 years ago. But, all right, so we had that start off the show. It wasn't a bad start, but, I mean, anytime you start the show it rains, I just think it's a, a bad, bad, bad omen for things to come. So, y- you had that. That was fine. Uh, then we had, uh, after that, T.J. Perkins going against uh, the Brian Kendrick, and it was a non-title match, and I understand why they were doing the non-title match. Even though they announced that it was going to be a title match. Well, the thing was, 
you know, Kendrick had lost to TJ Perkins a couple of weeks ago on the pay-per-view. You can't get, you know, back to the front of the line without beating the champion after that. And led to one of the things I actually dislike the most is when they take a champion and have them lose in a non-title match. It, to me, it kind of takes that title and brings it down a few notches because you're, you're taking a guy who's supposed to be the best in the division and you're making them lose. In his debut on Monday Night Raw. Or was that last week? It, it was last week. Oh, I apologize. It's the sour cream. It's, it's getting to my brain. Right. But, you know, I know that they're trying to get, you know, this storyline over, this, that, and the other thing. But, you know, Brian Kendrick having TJ Perkins tap out was just, it's a bad move. You don't have your baby face tap out and tap out, you know, on, you know, his second match and, you know, in front of a bigger audience than what they had on pay-per-view a couple of weeks ago. It, It just, to me looks bad. It's not that their match was bad, it's just that the finish ruined what what they're trying to do, which is they're trying to build up this division by having their champion look like a chump. I hate it. I do not like it either. It's like you said, they're just it's like they're watering down their champion and it's just... And they're only a few weeks into this damn division. You're surprised by this? Wait a minute, hold on. Let me put this down for a second. You're actually surprised by this. After all the years of being a wrestling fan, you're surprised by this? After all the other dumb shit that they have done over the years, where they used to change, you know, titles like once a once or twice a month, and, you know, it's like this guy was going to have the title for this. I mean, Zack Ryder lost the Intercontinental title the day after he won it. He, You know, they did the same thing with him with the U.S. title. You know, they've had, you know, they've had situations like this where they've done stupid shit, and it's like, you know... It's like what you were saying about the 50-50 booking. This is exactly what you're talking about with the 50-50 booking. You know, you Except have Brian fucking Kendrick. with a champion. Right, with a, with a champion. You know, you have one so guy the go The audience really hasn't seen yet, so he has not built any credibility. They could have seen him on TNA. I mean, uh, granted, it's uh, not the same audience They would have seen him. They would have seen a mask. <laughs> he was a hell of a performer there it, you know, between when he was doing Manic and when he was doing Suicide, but nobody really ever saw him. But, like, the thing was, like, you're putting over this division, you know, when they first started, and within a few weeks they they do something like this. You know, this is the new era. It seemed like they were doing things differently. You know, the U.S. title has not been treated as a joke for the last, you know, like five or six months, and... You know, the Intercontinental title isn't being treated as a joke right now. No, it's because they have one of the greatest Intercontinental champions of all time as champion. But the thing is, you don't become a great champion by losing on TV and losing on your second match and, you know, the third week into your division being on TV. It's fucking stupid. I know I'm a fucking mark for saying that, but it's fucking stupid. Just remember, these are the same guys that gave us the goon, uh... Nails. It was a long time ago, but still, though. it's the same people. It's These are the same guys and that Duke's brought us the in. Dumpster Drosy. Fuck you and Duke, Duke the Dumpster Drosy. Don't say anything bad about Duke the Dumpster Drosy. Terrible. Do we got any comments so far? Well, we got one for uh, you eating the sour cream. Ew. Ew. It's actually really not as bad as everybody thinks it is. So, so 
you know, this might be answer D, nothing. And nothing to say I'll never eat sour cream ever again. Oh, hold on, let me. Does that seem extreme? Let me get, the, let me get that. Let me get the, through the rest. Hey, show of this. the audience there on Facebook Live how how. No, bring it up close. Put it up close to the. I don't want to get up. No, give it to me then. Give it to me. Give it to me. Fine, take it. See, look it. He's destroying this thing. This is like a pint of Ben and Jerry's to him. I think he's gonna probably start eating this like every day. I don't want to go that far. I think he loves it. I definitely want to go that far. You must right. be out your damn mind. I you must be crazy. I yeah. am. Yo, you must what? Be crazy. Who? All right. So I'm really not a fan of the whole having champion lose. I know they're setting up for another match for Hell in a Cell in a couple weeks, but you know they could have had another competitor come up and had Kendrick, you know, make his way up the ranks again. But you know, well, I guess we'll. See how the match goes. I'm sure they're going to end up having T.J. Perkins win in the long run, but I just think it's silly to have your champion lose so quickly. But whatever. But then we uh, then we moved on to one of the better segments of anything this week, which was Jericho, and you know Jericho was doing his best to try to convince Kevin Owens that the he. Uh, uh, the two of them needed to go against the New Day for the Tag Team Championships, which, <coughs> because guess what? They beat the New Day in a non-title match. Fucking hate that. Well, hold on. In the, in the defense of this one, though, in the defense of this one, you did have one of the two guys that beat the Tag Team Champions is the number one champion on the number one show, and that's Kevin Owens. And the other guy who was in that tag team just so, happen, just so happens to be the greatest wrestler of all time. You know, he's the he's a former five-time world champion. He's the greatest intercontinental champion of all Six time. time. Six-time world heavyweight champion. Yeah, you're thinking of Booker T. Five-time, 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 five-time. Sucker. Right? And also, and I can't stress this part enough, he is the first ever... Undisputed champion in WWE history. He beat The Rock and Stone Cold in the same night. In the same night. Two of the three greatest of all time. It's those two and Mr. Hulk Hogan himself with his 10-inch penis. Right. You didn't think I was going to go there, did you? Uh, Hey, you know what? I'm glad you went there. I'm glad I did too. Uh, But, you know, even though those two guys are, you know, they've kind of been a a makeshift team for the last couple of months, and it... I, I always cackle a little bit when Jericho talks about, he is my best friend, and then New Day comes out, and they're like, no, 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 we're best friends, and, you know, it it was kind of stupid, silly, like, uh, kind of naked gun quality of humor, so I, I enjoyed what they were doing with that, and they set up the, oh, jeez, I'm crow, Bobby the Brainless, what is your problem today? I don't know. I'm not, dude, I'm taking you to a china shop after this. Oh, wait, we're not going to be able to make it to the China shop because there's flooding all over the place. Uh, for you guys that don't know, we're actually uh, in Portsmouth, which is, uh, Virginia, which is uh, near Norfolk and Virginia Beach and all that sort of jazz. And we're getting hit with torrential rains and winds and all that stuff, and crap is flooded all around. So, you yeah, know, we're flooded kind of, around in this room, too. And we're, it's not raining, we're kind of stuck inside. But uh, anyway, I. I if we took this dude to a china shop, we'd owe them like a billion dollars tonight. 
because he's just smacking everything around, knocking everything right, I know over. What the hell my deal is, I really don't. I, I'm completely befuddled by all of this. I don't know what it is. I can't blame it on alcohol. I can't blame it on lack of sleep. I can't blame it on lack of nourishment. Can't blame it on just about anything. I can say that my equilibrium is off or something, but I can't even say that. It's just that I am just having a big time clutch moment right now, and I can't explain why. All right. The, the only important thing was that the sour cream, unfortunately, did survived. not spill. It survived. Not a drop, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, we ha- we ended up with a match between uh, New Day and Jericho, and you know. We saw a team uh, with New Day that we don't normally see because they, they used the free bird rules, which any two of the three can be used in the match. And what they ended up doing is it was Big E with Xavier Woods, which usually it, it's going to be Big E and it's going to be Kofi. But, you know, for whatever reason, they, they had Xavier Woods go in. It's because the last time that they fought, that Kofi Kingston got busted hey, open. Hey, put your mouth near the mic. Is it because of the fact that Kofi Kingston got busted up in their match against the uh, Anderson and Gallows the week prior? Uh, it could be. Uh, I did. It didn't look like he had any uh, anything big, like as far as uh, wounds going from that. But even so, I thought Xavier Woods did completely uh, fine, you know, in the match. Uh, but the big thing here was they were really furthering the storyline, uh, which will be at Hell in the Cell, which is Rollins against uh, Kevin Owens, where uh, Rollins came out for a distraction. Owens kind of paid attention to Rollins for a couple of bits. They went back into it. Jericho comes into the match, ends up getting distracted by Rollins. Biggie ends up picking him up, and uh, New Day hits uh, Jericho with their ending move. One, two, three. New Day tag team champions still. And you know they're they're moving on. Don't you... All right, Bobby the Brainless is getting close. Be. Don't don't you dare be sour cream. Uh, Bobby the Brainless looks like it sounds like he's getting near the bottom of this thing. He he he's polishing in this thing off uh, in quick order. I'm very impressed by this. Really is destroying this. It's only a pint. Come on, man. A pint? That's pretty serious. I mean, you can't eat a pint of, like, Ben and Jerry's that quickly. Your brain would freeze. Challenge accepted. All right, maybe maybe that will be what happens for our next little thing, which... Oh, God, uh, this is going to be the only thing we vote on, because I'm going to do that, because I have no problems eating an entire pint of no, Ben no, and no, Jerry's. No, 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 Th- This is going to be, like, a face-off. One of us will end up having to do this. Oh, hell no. We already came to this agreement the other day. What? Who? For, the, for the 500th download. No, 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 this isn't download. This is going to be specifically, when we're talking mo- No Mercy a little bit later, uh, there'll be something is- on the line. How are we gonna do? We're gonna do something on the line for no mercy. What if Your we, what boy if we, is facing my boy, and whoever wins that match, the other I, the I loser. Get, I got a better idea for that. How about to make things even more interesting? If that's what you want to do, we're gonna we're gonna fast forward a little. By bit. By the way, my, my my boy is Dolph Ziggler, and his boy is the Miz. How about for this one, for tomorrow night's No Mercy pay per view? If Dolph Ziggler wins the Intercontinental Title tomorrow. 
Next week on the fucking Marks podcast, I'll wear the Dolph Ziggler shirt throughout the podcast. But if the Miz retains his Intercontinental title tomorrow night, you have to wear a Mike the Miz shirt during the entire podcast next Saturday. Okay. Uh, I, th- I think that makes it. I think that makes it fun. I think it's. I mean, it's kind of like the whole Jersey and it's thing. visual because we. Yeah. We have our, our live, live audience. We're be live audiencing and. I th- you know I got a couple of Mike the Miz shirts and you got that that horribly pink Dolph Ziggler shirt that I'm gonna despise wearing but I, I don't think you're gonna have to wear it but you know we'll put that on the line and I I think uh, another thing we could probably agree on with that is uh, the loser uh, should probably need do a shot right right or 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 make things interesting because. No, if you do a shot, I'm going to want to do a shot. If you chug a beer, I'm going to want to chug a beer. I think that the loser has to get iced while wearing the the winner's shirt. All right. All right. That'll that'll be uh next week on our uh podcast, so uh stay tuned for that. Uh so uh back from our ADHD uh tangent that we just went on yeah, but, you know, was, but that was times, a lot of times we have a lot of ADHD moments but it's like we talk about something ridiculous that has nothing to do with wrestling or this podcast we kind of just like skipped ahead a little bit and talked about something we were going to talk about later on in the podcast so i mean it's we'll we'll circle around back uh back to smackdown but uh you know there there was those were the main things with raw except for one huge thing is left on Raw, which we had the women main eventing Raw for the first time in a long time, which was, you, you know, it's cool to see. Uh, I like to have the women prominent on the show, gives them a lot of respect, gives them props. And Sasha Banks, Charlotte, they knocked it out of the park. They had an awesome match, and Sasha went over, and I think a lot of this had to do with Sasha would have kept the title if she didn't injure her back and wasn't going to be out. You know, I think they weren't sure how serious the injury was, so they did not want to have a, you know, a vacant championship. So I think this was specifically just, you know, put these women in a headlining spot and put on a great match and make Sasha look really strong. And both ladies, I think, actually came out looking great i only had one problem with what they did with the women's title on raw this past week and that's why you keep giving the title to sasha on raw if that was the case if she was only going to be a paper you know she was only going to be a champion until she came back from her injury well she was back from her injury at the last pay-per-view and for some reason they decided to put bailey into the match instead to make it a triple threat match and charlotte won because it does a couple of things number one it proves that sasha cannot win in the biggest moment on the biggest stage because she was unsuccessful in winning the women's title at WrestleMania. She was unsuccessful at winning the, or retaining the women's championship at SummerSlam. And at this last pay-per-view, she was unsuccessful in winning the women's title there. Well, but the her, two, that, her, that two, was her two title victories were on Raw. Granted, in the, in the main event of Raw, which I thought was awesome because, I mean, when was the last time the women main evented any kind of show for WWE? Other well, than, like, an NXT show. Right, right. But... Well, I but mean, it, I think most people remember the Lita Trish match from years ago. Right. But another thing that happens with that is that Charlotte still hasn't lost a pay-per-view as champion. So it's like, all right, we're going to give Sasha the title, but yet Charlotte doesn't lose credibility because she's still undefeated 
in WWE pay-per-views as the women's champion. And maybe that's part of her thing. And I think uh, one of the things that they have going with this, and f- for me, I would prefer it to be on pay-per-view where Sasha won the, the title. But uh, I, I just think about it this way. Where are more eyeballs? Are there more eyeballs on the pay-per-view, or are there more eyeballs on Raw? Raw. So I think the WWE thought is, even though it's a bigger moment on pay-per-view, more people will see it on Raw. But who, so. gets the bigger, who gets the bigger payday? The, the person who wins the title on Raw, or the person who wins the title at a pay-per-view? Well, I think it uh, really depends on the part where they are. What what are you ooing and aahing about there? That you're finishing up with your pint, or did somebody tweet to us and say, you guys are awesome and the best ever? The University of Houston lost to Navy. Oh. Oh. The number six ranked University of Houston lost to Navy. All right. Kudos to Navy. All right. Uh, if anybody has any comments for us or has any questions for, for us so far, uh, you know, just put them in the uh, comment section, and we'll... Do our best to answer that. I got a comment. What's your comment? Done. Dish it. Sour cream's done, man. All right. Let's show it to our uh, live audience without spilling stuff. can't spill anything. There might be, like, little spectacles. When I, I'm not going to be able to lick that thing, and I'm not going to try scraping that thing for 20 minutes. Just y- a, you, you did a tremendous. Uh, I'm, I did, I'm very I did proud what I had of to you. Do. I'm very proud of you. Well, I mean, we, we finished talking about Raw. I mean, we can take a few moments here and talk about what I just accomplished. I I think we need to... Juicy J, Colt 45, congratulations, Bobby the Brainless, and thank you to uh, all the folks who have downloaded our podcast. Uh, We appreciate it, and that was for you. Not going to lie. That wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I feel fine. My stomach is fine. I'm sure I'm probably not going to be able to go to the bathroom for about three days, but that's okay. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Um, it's probably going to be at least three to six months before I ever eat sour cream again. Okay. But if that's the worst that comes from this, then so be it. All right. And on that note, we'll, uh, I think we'll uh, maybe move on to SmackDown, a little No Mercy. Oh, we forgot about something about Raw. What did we forget about? Braun Strowman. Oh, Oh. Who, who beat up another local competitor again this week on Raw. And after he beat his competitor in less than two minutes, like he typically does and everything, he uh, he wanted better quality opponents. And he said that if he doesn't start getting them starting next week, that all hell is going to break loose. I think what that means is that they do have a returning Luke Harper coming back soon, if he's not back already. I know he uh, made him... An appearance at a house show recently. We'll see if he uh, shows up on TV. And I don't think he was uh, drafted to either show, so I think it's kind of up in the air which show he ends up on. You know, if this he wouldn't be feeling this way if he had just given us our Man Scout Manning match against Braun Strowman. Because the Man Scout, with his little Man Scout guidebook, would have actually given Braun Strowman more than a two-minute match. That's just my opinion, but what do I know? He's got two hands. He could have done that. And a scout is always prepared, especially a man scout. Yep. But so. I just wanted to bring that up because that was something that happened on 
Raw, and it's my favorite thing on Raw. So overall, though, I I ended up falling asleep in the third hour. It, it was just a long show with a couple of good bits that just overall just not my favorite show of the week. The fact that they had a chance to overpower the Giants who were playing the Vikings on Monday and neither one of them were actually watchable, so for me it really was just meh. I had both, to go back and watch the Charlotte-Sasha match because I fell asleep before it happened, unfortunately. Did you fall asleep or did you pass out? I fell asleep. It was Monday night. Right. I wasn't partying too much. All right. So, let's uh, let's change let's change gears over a little bit and uh, let's go to SmackDown. So, uh, SmackDown, you know, they keep on building towards this Randy Orton Bray Wyatt match happening at Mo- No Mercy. Uh, was supposed to happen at uh, Backlash. Didn't happen because Orton still had the concussion. With this, they keep on doing kind of the mysterious build-up where, I don't know, it it, it seems like a a bad horror movie. Uh, I like both guys, but the build-up right now sucks. The build-up going into Backlash I thought was good right now. It's not, it's just they spend too long on it because... I don't know. What, don't are we, what are we going to get? We're going to get an extra John Cena segment on on SmackDown? Is that what you want? You want more Cena? I mean, it's either they give us more Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt, or they give us more John Cena. They have a bunch of other guys that they could put on the show. Well, the thing is, is that the roster of SmackDown... It's not John SmackDown, Cena or Bray Wyatt. It's the face that runs the place. John AJ Cena Styles. and Bray Wyatt. AJ Styles is the face that runs the place. Exactly. But it's still John Cena's show because it's John Cena and he's the money cow and it's about him tying Ric Flair for the most world title reigns and. Well, you, you well, know the thing with the show, they started off with uh, Bray Wyatt against Kane, and you know. I like Kane. I, the fact that he could still go pretty decently, you know, this far into his career, you know, it's admirable, but. Bray Wyatt just keeps on frickin' losing over and over and over. I like the character, but how can he take the dude seriously if he just loses? I agree, and I the booking with him has been terrible since, you know, even after they had their, their monumental rivalry with the Shield a few years back. Yeah, you know, the Wyatt family, that, that was one of the better feuds they've had in the last, you know, 10 or 15 years. Right, and... The whole thing with him getting buried by Cena at WrestleMania, and then the following year he literally got buried by The Undertaker because that's what happens to people when they fight The Undertaker. They get buried. At WrestleMania. At WrestleMania. And, you know, it's just... They really have dropped the ball with him. A lot of people would say it's because of his injury history and everything that he just can't stay healthy. And um, a lot of people would say that... You know, I don't even know what else other people would say. It's probably just because of his injury history. I mean, yeah, he might have said something about Matt Hardy with the whole final deletion shit from TNA, and then they did their little he was losing Wyatt, before that, Wyatt family compound thing. But it's not even that he was losing. It's just that, you know, he lost the Wyatt family after that happened, even though he kind of kept Eric Rowan because Eric Rowan sucks donkey shit and nobody really cares about him. And, you know, just I, I think this rivalry is good. I think it's good for Bray Wyatt. He, you know, Randy Orton's a good person yeah. to work with. 
Twelve-time champion. Twelve-time I mean, champion. A lot of respect. A lot of the, the love e- out here. The eater of the world mm-hmm. versus the man who delivers the RKO out of nowhere. The, the Viper. Apex the Predator. Le- the legend killer. First bout Hall of Famer. Now, what's going to happen with Randy Orton? He, I think, right now is uh, around legend status. Is he going to kill himself? That's he, very serious. How is he going to end up? How is he going to RKO himself? From out of nowhere. Maybe he needs DDP to come out of retirement to RKO him. Fuck DDP. I love DDP. I know you do, and I don't like I don't like DDP. Come on, man. He saved two dudes' lives. Or is it just the character you don't like? I just don't like the character. No, the DDP. Which DDP character? Are you talking WCW or are you talking about the stalker? Or both? Both. All right. Dislike for DDP. I like the fact that he's got the DDP yoga, and a lot of people are doing it. You know, I and he saved Jake the Snake Roberts and Scott Hall, his wife. We'll see about that. Hey, you, you know what? I was at the show where Scott Hall had his like epic meltdown. I thought he was going to be uh, I dead. You, I wanted to collect money. Uh, I'm a bad guy. I th- literally, I thought I thought the dude was going to die that night. I mean, how is he not dead already? I think Sean Waltman. Sean Waltman said it best. He's like, I'm just bracing myself for the phone call that I know I'm I'm expecting to get. And he was the one who contacted DDP to told him to get Scott Hall because he thought Scott Hall was in a bad spot. And because of that, DDP reached out. Scott Hall picked up the phone when he called, and Scott Hall. I mean, he asked. You know, he's been wor- doing the work, but DDP on his own, you know, has helped him. Cream? I'm sorry. I'm reading the comments. Well, keep going. I'll read. Yeah, I, you know, it's it's great. You know, he did save, like you said, he did save Scott Hall's life with the DDP yoga. At some point, I'm going to get my lazy ass going and start the DDP yoga myself because it doesn't look like it's very hard. You know, Stevie Richards. Oh, keep on saying that it doesn't look very hard. Your doesn't look very hard. I didn't say that it looked easy. I just said it doesn't look very hard. It looks like something that even I could handle is what I'm getting at by saying it doesn't look very hard. That sounds terrible. That's what she said. Yeah. But, you know, it's, you know, because I'm, with me, I just can't get into a routine because after a while I'm just like, ah, whatever. I'm just, you know, I, I get bored with it and I just, I, I it just you. looks like something that even I'm intrigued by and I'm interested in trying to do to see how it works for me. I'm not, you know, I'm not downgrading it by saying that I don't think DDP yoga is hard. I'm sure it's hard, but it doesn't look like something that's so hard that I can't even. The hard part is after you finish, you don't like, actually, when you're in the middle of it, and your muscles are shaking and your body is, like, you think you can't do any more, you keep going with it, and it's a great program. I've I've been kind of doing the DDP yoga thing on and off for probably about three, four years at this point, maybe five, but great program, uh, and unfortunately, uh, my motivation sometimes lacking. Like, if you do the work, it freaking works awesome. I mean, I was in the best shape of my life probably, like, three and a half years ago. I mean, I was like, all right, all right. And and now I just need to get my ass back in the gear. And I've been kind of going back into that. Maybe, maybe that could be part of our 
thing with uh with a uh, with Dolph Ziggler and the Miz. What the winner has to do, or the loser has to do, DDP yoga or something for like an hour. I hope I lose then. Fuck. Yeah. <coughs> All right. Um. I'm, I'm sorry. So yeah, we we, we off, yeah off, we, off. that we was definitely going ADHD, ADHD moments. I'm blaming this one on the beer now because I've been drinking. Uh, and we have somebody requesting for you to eat more sour cream. So I don't have any more. I'm not going to the store, so not going to happen. Well, I don't think we could get to the store at this point because I think the roads are flooded out. Do I look like fucking Ryback? Feed me more? No, I'm not. All right. you, know, you know, we you know we gotta we gotta stop getting off on these tangents about how we're wasting time because I really there's really something I want to get off my chest about being right. at the we're, show on we're, Thursday. We're, all right, we'll we'll, we'll motor through I've the been, rest I've been of this. Stewing over this for a couple of days now, you know, and it, it needs to be said. And I hope this motherfucker is listening to. I really do. <laughs> all right, so you know they're setting up uh, Nikki Bella for her match against Carmella at No Mercy, and they had her going against Alexa Bliss. But I mean, this was really just a setup for their mat, uh, Carmella to go in and take Nikki Bella out. and You know, because Carmella was on commentary for their match. And, um, you know, there was other news we'll get into in a little bit when we're doing the uh, the No Mercy predictions and everything. Uh, it was actually a pretty good match. I, I like what they're doing with Alexa Bliss. I really do. She's, she's really nailing this right out of the park and everything. And... Um, Carmella too. I love the fact that Carmella made the heel turn. She's done a very good job with it. And working with Nikki Bella, you're working with one of the best in the business. Well, and you're talking like somebody of, of all the women that they have on SmackDown, the the quote unquote elder stateswomen are Nikki Bella, and you've got Natty Nightheart. And if you're working with either one of them, they have built up a following and they built up a lot of respect. With the audience, like right with Nikki Bella, I mean, for a long time, it, it took a, a long time for I think the audience to kind of get a respect for her because she's everybody just thought she was a pretty face and she was with fake boobies and dating John Cena. But you know what? She's actually pretty good in the ring. But I, her character work has always been pretty good. She plays personally. I think she's best is just being a bitch in a heel, but she's fine as a, a face, and she's a face right now. When she came back after, you know, having the neck injury, I think she, she she's done fine, and what she's doing right now is helping to bring the new generation into their own. And it's, it's good because that's kind of like what they're talking about with the new era of the WWE, that they have the people like her and Natty Neidhart that could put over the younger talent, kind of like with Alicia Fox on Monday Night Raw. And um, I think it's I think it's good. Um, obviously, when that happened, you know, Carmelo did get involved, and her and Alexa Bliss were beating up Nikki Bella, and then um, you know Becky Lynch came out, and you know she kind of like evened the odds and everything, and really building up these younger girls that they just brought up from NXT with Alexa Bliss and Carmelo. I love the fact that they're both getting the pushes. Uh, nothing against Naomi. Like I said last week, her entrance is fantastic. Her character now is fantastic. She's gotten over as a as a female competitor as best as she could. And I mean, she's always been athletic, been pretty good in the ring, but like having that new entrance has definitely helped redefine her character. And I think she will get a chance at the title 
at some point, but uh, you you talked about Becky Lynch, you know, a couple seconds ago and just came down not that long ago was that was thunder everybody thunder and lightning you know speaking of the not to get off the subject of course i'm going to get off the subject because that's what i do best but i'm going to petition for the next time that they have a hurricane named after with the letter h at the front i'm going to petition for it to be called hurricane helms okay because this is a wrestling podcast we're in the middle of a hurricane or somewhat of a hurricane that i would love to see hurricane helms just so that when the hurricane shows up, he's like, stand back. There's a hurricane coming through. You know, and do his stupid little thing that he does. You're wearing his colors. I am wearing his colors, but I'm I'm a lot cooler than Hurricane Helms. He's kind of a tool. Allegedly. But, uh, yeah. Uh, we're just talking about the women of the WWE and well, everything. The, uh, Becky Lynch, we just found out, uh, got injured. And she's going to be out for uh, about a month. And so that actually impacts the No Mercy yeah, I, I uh, card. S- I saw a tweet right before we started doing the podcast tonight, uh, tonight uh, from NoDQ.com stating that Becky Lynch is being pulled from tomorrow's pay-per-view and will be on the shelf for about a month. Uh, they did confirm that it is not for wellness purposes, so it's got to be an injury that, that Becky had suffered. And we'll see where they, they go. they were in South America this week. they were in South America. So she probably worked a match and probably, probably got hurt and... It's going to be interesting to see what they ha- how they handle the whole Alexa Bliss match tomorrow. I'm wondering if they're going to do an injury angle a la what they did with Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton where uh, at the last uh, Backlash pay-per-view. Right. I'm wondering if they're going to do something like that. And instead of having you know her give up the title, I think they'll probably have her hang on to the title. She just won it. It'd be nice to you know have somebody with a long run since this is the first run of this title. But somebody I can think of that might have a problem with that, and that's the women's champion of Monday Night Raw who lost her title because of an injury. I realize that, but, you know, I think there was a difference in the injury. I think they weren't 100% sure how long Sasha was going to be out with her injury. But they, they're pretty certain with how long this injury is. You know, with backs, backs could, you know, get better quickly or not get get better quickly. If this is something that they could easily diagnose and know exactly what's going on, I could keep, I, I could see them keeping her with the title. Right. I I, I see them taking. I the mean, title it, off it, of it her. sucks. I know it sucks, but I mean, it's it's kind of it would be kind of ironic that they would have two champions who would lose the title in less than a month for each brand and. You know, due to injuries, like a you know freakishly not serious injury and all that stuff, and I hope that they don't take the title from Becky. But you know, fairness is fairness. If you can't defend the title in 30 days, you got to forfeit the title. Just ask Shawn Michaels or Brock Lesnar. Oh wait, or Daniel Bryan or Brock Lesnar. Oh wait, he had special rules. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you go tell Brock Lesnar he's not going to be champion if he doesn't show up in 30 days? I'd love to see you try to tell Brock Lesnar. The beast incarnate that he's not going to be WWE champion unless he shows up in a 30-day period. Go ahead. I I, I would love to see that. Those that are goes. the rules. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, but you tell Brock Lesnar that. Brock Lesnar. That's all right. Just Brock make a new Les- title. Brock you... Lesnar goes by Brock Lesnar's rules. Whatever Brock Lesnar says, he does. He's the conqueror. He's the man who's the one behind the one in 23-1. and one. He's the man who beat C-Nation. He's the man who beat... Dean Ambrose at WrestleMania. He's the man who beat the shit out of Triple H. He's the man 
that broke Shawn Michaels' arm. He's the man that did this. He's the man that did that. He's Brock fucking Lesnar. He's the former UFC World Heavyweight Champion. He was the former youngest WWE Champion in history of the company. He is a former NCAA World Heavyweight Champion. You're turning into the this into like raw i'm gonna go i feel like i feel like minutes. i feel like i'm paul Heyman right now because i have to talk up brock lesnar because you're trying to tell me that it's justified taking the title from brock lesnar yeah because I'm the rules tell, tell have told us for many years 30 days 30 days if he doesn't want to comply you make a new title and say all right go away and i'm just telling you that brock lesnar follows by the rules of brock lesnar that's all i'm saying all right Sorry, what another ADHD moment. Uh, so, I mean, that really put a kind of fly in the ointment, though, for no mercy. You got poor Becky Lynch, who is, you know, she's really scratched and clawed to get to the spot that she's in, and stuff like this happens. It's not ballet what they're doing. You know, they go out there and they put their life literally on the line when they go out there. Night after night, injuries happen. And, you know, hopefully this isn't long-term. Hopefully this, my hope is this doesn't affect or push, but we'll, we'll see. I agree. I But I think that they end up taking the title from her. So, you know, the next thing that the, to me, uh, probably one of the, an interesting segment that they had this week was uh, Dolph and Miz. Dolphin Miz and Miz, this, by the way. Miz brought back a couple of the Spirit Squad guys. Well, let's let's kind of like uh, you know build up to what ended up happening. Uh, the Miz did you know went out there and was talking about Dolph Ziggler with uh, Dolph Ziggler where he was doing the video package about all the failures of Dolph Ziggler's career and everything and how he was trashing him for being in the Spirit Squad. And how he was a caddy for a wrestler back in the day was his first gimmick. And, you know, he went around telling everybody, hi, I'm Dolph Ziggler and shaking everybody's hands and everything. And just to culminate to him being world heavyweight champion for like, what, 10 minutes, 15 minutes before Edge came out and beat him? Well, there was that. And then he, he won the world heavyweight title again. It, the For me, the greatest cash-in ever for Money in the Bank the night after WrestleMania. And one of the loudest roars I ever heard from a crowd Right. Ever. That was, to me, for me, the greatest cash-in. I mean, they they didn't want to have that in the package because that really was a crowning moment, unfortunately. Uh, kind of lo- similar to the Becky Lynch thing where Becky has won the title and now is injured. Dolph, pretty quickly after he won that title, ended up getting a concussion in a match and went on the shelf for a month or month and a half and they took the title off him and gave it to Alberto Del Rio and they kind of played the concussion storyline into the match right but I'm you know with Dolph I mean I love the dude personally I would love to see him win the intercontinental title at no mercy and this segment that Miz had what ended up it led to uh, Dolph confronting Miz and saying, hey, I want one more shot. And Miz is like, you have nothing that I want. And it ended up where Dolph ended up putting his career on the line. I think 
I think Dolph's going away for a little while. I think he's going to be going away for good, personally. But um, I mean, there's also talk that he may become a backstage guy, but he's not that old. You know, to me, he has a lot of mileage left as a performer, and I, I think it's a little too early to have him, you know, go into the backstage role. I think... Dolph will probably do his comedy thing. He's been, you know, in WWE for a while. I'm sure he's been paid pretty well. I'm sure he could survive with what he saved for a right. bit. And, you know, he does comedy. He, he's trying trying to kind of diverse him, diversify himself as much as he can right. outside of the ring. He's been doing a lot of the political stuff, too. Yeah. And I think what's good, I'm hoping what happens happened with John Morrison doesn't happen with him where like they kind of expected John Morrison to go away for you know six months to a year to kind of heal up and you know recharge his batteries batteries, and we've never seen John Morrison back in WWE because he ended up getting really interested in other things he was doing and now he's doing like Lucha Underground where he kind of has a much lighter schedule wrestling wise but he's still doing wrestling which he loves while also doing acting stuff, doing production work, and all that stuff. So right. my hope is that I, I just love Dolph so much, I hope he doesn't do that. I would love to see him stick around. I really would. I like Dolph Ziggler. I've been saying it for a very long time. Excuse me. That, but, tastes, that tastes like sour cream and beer, by the way. <laughs> but Does that uh, taste like sweat and shame? No. Okay. The the one thing I've been saying about Dolph Ziggler for a long time is I've never seen anybody sell a finisher better than him. You know, he, he's he sold finishers better than anybody. I mean, if John Cena was smart, he would take notes from Dolph Ziggler on how to sell a finisher. But anyway, uh, to get back to, you know, how we're still on this whole Dolph Ziggler thing, uh, like we said, the, the Spirit Squad came out, or at least two members of it. Uh, uh, Kenny M- and Mikey? Mikey, I think. Kenny Dykstra, the man who lost his fiance to John Cena. That that could have been. That would have. I would love for WWE's cameras to be rolling on that. I'm. I'm sure it was either an awkward moment or they did everything they could to keep themselves apart from each other. I would think at this point it's been so many years that it's kind of like eh. Mickey whatever. James kind of moved on from both of them too, so it's like left she bygones moved on bygones. from both of them, and I think obviously John Cena's moved on, and I think. Uh, Finally, Kenny Dykstra has kind of moved on and moved oh. on to different things in his life. Hopefully, this means that he, there's a return of him to the WWE, but I highly doubt it. No, I, I this uh, short-term thing, I, I wouldn't. I think there's a possibility that he maybe shows up at No Mercy in some way, shape, or form, and maybe that plays into the finish. I could be wrong with that, but uh, other than something like that, I don't see Kenny Dykstra being back for more than another one-off. But his return, and also Mikey's from the Spirit Squad, that moment with the Spirit Squad, with Dolph Ziggler, is Bobby the Brainless's mark-out moment of the week. And on that note, I would like to bring up the fact that your Goldberg-esque streak is finally ended as Bobby the Brainless's mark-out moment of the week finally won mark-out moment of the week. 
You your record on the markout moment of the week is Gilberg esque. Why are you gonna compare me to Gilberg? You compared me to Goldberg. I'm comparing you to Gilberg because yeah, but that's a, that's, a, that's a compliment being compared to Goldberg. It is. Goldberg is a is a world heavyweight champion. He won 174 matches in a row. Beat Hulk Hogan for the world heavyweight championship. Is he or he will be in the WWE Hall of Fame? He's going to be back. He's going to be making be, uh, in WWE Hall of Fame. And rumor has it, possibly, uh, that they want WWE wants uh, Goldberg uh, going against Brock Lesnar rematch. Goldberg Lesnar too. Uh, from WrestleMania 20, where they had an uh, atroc- atrocious match, where both of them were on their way out, and the crowd knew it, and they just shit on the match, and both guys just, they didn't have it that night. I think if you put them in the ring together now, yeah, they're both, you know, uh, many years older. Uh, Goldberg is getting close to 50 right now. I'm sure he is not what he was all those years ago. He's still in shape. He's still a beast. Uh, he's not Brock Lesnar, you know, size, and he's not Brock Lesnar's age right now. But I think... And he's not still, Brock Lesnar either. Right. But I think they could still go out there and put on an entertaining match, and I I don't think a match between them should be very long. They're just both, you know, very big and strong, and they just really need to WWE sounds like they want this to happen sooner rather than later and their hope is to have it at Survivor Series which would be kind of cool you know Survivor Series has lost a bit of its luster over the years i mean i used to love it when it was uh Thanksgiving uh, a Thanksgiving night tradition and now what we have is you know they they used to have the Survivor Series matches where it would be elimination matches, where it was four five on four five. or five on five, or where they had the five tag teams going up against the five tag teams. You know, back when there was Hogan, even though he was champion, he was still fighting in Survivor Series yeah. matches, and he's teaming up with like the Big Boss Man and Bam Bam Bigelow and, and Macho and Man, Macho Man, and like uh, Tito Santana going up against you know the. Ted DiBiase and Andre the Giant and Earthquake and One Man and, Gang and Rick Martel or whatever you wanted to put in a tag team and then or which was always interesting, uh, but you know I understand how after a while that kind of that that gimmick was the the audience didn't love it as much, but I think there's still room now, especially with the brand split now. The fact that they have the brand split, and this is one of the co-pay-per-views that they have. You're they thinking they're going to... Speci- a specific SmackDown versus Raw... Elimination tag Elimination match. match and, and I would love to see that, too. But I think what they want to do is they want to have another marquee event happen at this. And having Brock Lesnar and Goldberg, which would be a special attraction would be something to really sell this as a big deal and make Survivor Series seem like something relevant again. By the way, I looked it up. Bill Goldberg is knocking on 50's door. Yeah. But, I mean, you've seen the 2K17 ads. The dude is still pretty jacked. He's not, you know, as jacked as he was, you know, 10 or 15 years ago. But he, the dude's still put together. I think he could handle himself in the ring better than Sting did when he fought Seth Rollins. And is Sting what I'm did 
Sting, Sting, did Sting looked fine well for a guy who was in his mid fifties. Buckle bomb. Yeah, I mean Seth Rollins, the uh, the career killer, mm. and the, uh, the Mr. Injury himself. But uh, yeah, I you know I think it's it's going to be interesting with that. Uh, and we got off of that because I brought up my mark out moment of the week. I was trying to figure out, I was like, where the hell did we go with this? Oh yeah, my mark out moment of the week because I ended your Goldberg esque streak. How does it feel, huh? How does it feel to lose to the brainless one for once? You know, the brainless one is just, just destroying this week. You know, he wins the mark out moment of the week. He destroyed an entire container of uh, the uh, the sour cream. He destroyed uh, your your wife's uh, work Strap area. Scrapbooking stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just destroying everything. I mean, I can't wait to go downstairs. I'm sure I'm going to, you know, destroy something to eat. But, I mean, that's about it. Uh, Some more beers. I mean, I, this is like when Barry Horowitz won that first match. Even a blind squirrel finds a nut, Jason. Yeah, I think you're going to lose this week. No, I don't think so. Oh, yeah? All right, well, what's yours then, huh? Has it not been brought up yet? It has not been brought up yet. Okay. I'm I'm interested to see what your mark-out moment of the week is. My mark-out moment of the week is something that we saw on Thursday. We saw the most glorious entrance we've ever seen in our lives. We saw Bobby Roode at NXT in Norfolk, and it was awesome. No, it wasn't. He was... It was glorious. Glorious. I won't give in. I won't give in. Until I'm victorious. It was fantastic. I'm sorry. It was It was glorious, fantastic, awesome. Every adjective you can think of it was. I'm sorry. I kind of marked out, but I, I wanted to be different. I didn't want to be that guy. Yeah, I, I marked out. And if you go to our Facebook page, The FN Marks dot com or facebook dot com slash the fn marks uh we have video of when bobby Roode made his glorious entrance at the uh ted constant center in norfolk we did and uh so that would yeah. be my mark out moment of the week but uh all right, let's let's finish up with SmackDown so we can actually get to the the, the well, actual the, NXT show because we still have and to kind of circle back to the Miz and Dolph thing. This is leading up to their match that's happening at No Mercy and where things are going to uh, come to a head. And I I think I'm going to be the one wearing the Miz shirt next week because and that's going to be awesome. And, and that's fine with me. That's fine with me. I have no problem with the Miz. I love the Miz. I think I mean, later on I'm going to post on Twitter my picture of myself with Dolph, uh, you know, my boy. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, just you know, just market yourself out there with your boy who's going to lose on tomorrow. And uh, my, uh, my my wife and I we spent several hours in line. We got Mike the Miz's autograph in the WWE uh, encyclopedia several years ago. So I like both guys. I prefer Dolph. Uh, I would prefer uh, Mike the Miz as far as life goes, because he has Maurice for his wife. But you know, what are you I think do? I, I think I think everybody kind of likes that. Right. Uh, also, something that happened on uh, the pay per view was, or on, I'm sorry, on SmackDown this week was uh, Jack Swagger versus uh, Baron Corbin, as Jack Swagger made his in ring debut for SmackDown. Well, and this is leading for their uh, match, which will be on the kickoff show for No Mercy. And and I'm sure Baron Corbin's going to win that. But uh, Jack Swagger did pull off the victory over 
Baron Corbin on on Tuesday night, and you know it was a pretty decent there was match. A, yeah, the, like there was a controversial tap out. I think uh, Jack Swagger was kind of like tapping to try to get closer to the ropes so he could grab onto the ropes uh, while he was in the uh, what do they call his thing? The Patriot Lock. Yeah. So he was trying to get out of the Patriot Lock, and while he was trying to grab for it, the ref ended up thinking he was tapping and ended up calling the match. Uh, so they've got unfinished business, and I I agree with you. Baron Corbin is going to go over. I think the thing with Swagger, I mean, Swagger is fine in the ring, but, like, you know, his character's kind of been going nowhere for a long time, basically since uh, Zeb Coulter and Cesaro left him. Weed the people? Right. Well, you know, he's been going nowhere for a while, and you know, I think having a guy like Swagger, who is about the same size as Baron Corbin, just, you know, visually looks imposing and looks like a guy who can compete against him, whereas when Baron Corbin's going against, you know, some of the smaller guys, like he went against Callisto. Callisto, I mean, it looks like a complete mismatch. Right. So, you know, they get a guy like Jack Swagger who looks visually like somebody who really could put a hurting on him had Swagger go over him controversially, but I think this is Baron Corbin's moment, new era. Uh, I like his lone wolf gimmick, and I, yeah, I, I think it's going to be pretty clear, a clear-cut winner. I don't think there's going to be any chicanery in this match. Right, and I agree with you on that. Uh, also, the the thing that finished off SmackDown was they had like a triple threat face-off, between John Cena, Dean Ambrose, and the face that runs the place, the WWE World Champion, AJ Styles. Right. And, and it, well, at the end of this thing, they had Ambrose. Ambrose was the guy who was standing tall at the end. Which, what does that tell you for No Mercy? He's not winning. He not only is he not winning, he is eating the pin, and it's. I think it's going to be at the hand of AJ Styles. It's going to be one of those things where John Cena will hit an attitude adjustment on Dean Ambrose, and then AJ Styles will come from behind, throw him out of the ring, and pin Dean Ambrose, just because he he didn't win clean against Ambrose when he won the title. He, you know, he hit him with the low blow while the referee wasn't looking. He hit Dean Ambrose with the Styles clash, and he's the new world champion. I don't have a problem with him going with this. AJ Styles' champion is better than anybody else they could actually have on SmackDown as champion. Believe me when I tell you that. He is the most talented guy on the SmackDown roster. Yeah, they had a really good, uh, they had a really good segment at the end the SmackDown thing. They kind of had AJ Styles talk and say like, "What are you going to say, John?" And he knew exactly what Cena was going to say. And then before Cena could say anything to rebuttal what uh, AJ Styles said, Ambrose was like, "Stop!" And he said what Cena would have said because you know, when you had the same stupid fucking gimmick for 14 years and you keep getting shoved down everybody's fucking throats with your hustle, loyalty, and respect, and your jorts, and your fucking Fruity Pebbles t-shirts, and your stupid fucking hats, and your fucking towel that you freaking, you flashed everybody with your stupid fucking entrance that you had for over a decade, the fact that the fans are singing along to your entrance, that, that, they're you, the, suck. that you suck, that they've only done to one other superstar in the history of this company, where they actually sing along to their entrance with the word suck in it, Come on! Seriously! I really do think it's that that's... his time officially over? His time is up. His time is not now. And I wish I, I wish we couldn't see him, too. 
I, we, we've discussed this before, but I think we're going to end up seeing, you know, one more short title reign for, for Cena, and I think he's going to tie Flair. I don't know if he'll top Flair, but... Which was something that AJ Styles brought up in their segment on Tuesday, about how he said, how dare Cena compare himself to Ric Flair? He is not Ric Flair. He will never be Ric Flair. He should not be in the same conversation with Ric Flair. And you know what? I agree with him. I really do. As in-ring performer and as character, I don't think he's in the same league as Flair. Uh, Longevity-wise, I mean, it looks like he's heading to, you know, have a, a long career. I mean, he's been doing it, you know, I think he started wrestling in, like, 1999 or 2000, so he's been at it for like 16 years. Flair, he's not Ric fucking Flair. I'm he's talking, not the limousine, he's not the limousine driving, jet flying, kiss stealing, wheeling, dealing. He's Hulk Hogan, son of a gun. He's Hulk Hogan for the millennials. Woo! Hulk Hogan for the millennials. I just wanted to woo. That's why I did that. Right. And and that's and that bothers me. That really does bother me that the fact that he is the Hulk Hogan of the millennials because he's not Hulk Hogan. He doesn't come out here and tell us to say our prayers and take our vitamins. He doesn't talk about the twenty-four inch pythons. What you going to do? Python. Giggity. He doesn't talk about how you know what you're going to do. Let me tell you something, brother. He doesn't point at you and go you. As much as they want to try to have him be like Hulk Hogan, he'll never be Hulk Hogan. Well. Uh, it's just a different time, different audience, but, like, his general message is similar to Hogan's, like, you know, never give up and hustle loyalty and respect. You know, you can't take the gimmick and just make a photocopy of it. You end up taking it and evolving it a bit. Just, just remember one thing. Another reason why he'll never be Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan turned heel. M my hope is there is still some hope. Especially Bring back the doctor of thugonomics. I don't even know if he needs to necessarily be the doctor of thugonomics. He just needs it to be himself nice. in real life, and that's and that's how we'll get over as a heel. Because he's a yeah. he's a dick bag. Right. I like or, that or, term. Or, or I like as, dick bag. As 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 as, uh, as our good friend Shauna would say, he's a shitbagger or a shit boy. He's a shitbagger. Or yeah, yeah. shitbag. So, Trent you know, Tiger. in the end, I think AJ Styles ends up winning that triple threat match on No Mercy, and he's going to pin Ambrose, and I think it's going to be similar to what you're saying, where he kind of, Cena is like the one who basically finishes off Ambrose, but... It's because it's the same stupid shit they do all the time. Obviously, that's what they're doing. They're making AJ Styles out to be like this chicken shit heel that can't win cleanly, so obviously it's, it makes the most sense of all the endings. If I'm right, and believe me, if I'm, and I'm right, right, am right. I, if I'm right, right, with that ending right. of the world heavyweight title match, right, at No Mercy, I will chug a beer before next week's podcast. If uh, AJ now, are you going to do it win, before the podcast, or are you going to do it after the match? As soon ends? as the, as soon as we hit record on the button to start recording audio, I'm going to crack open that beer and I'm going to chug it. All right, you heard it here first. Because if it's not online, then nobody's going to know that it happened. So, uh, overall, I think we got most of our predictions out for No Mercy. I think the only... Uh, Want to do a quick rundown real quick? Well, I mean, we, we hit most of the matches already. The only one that we really didn't hit was the tag team title match. 
All right, so we both said AJ Styles, correct? We both said AJ Styles. We both said Baron Corbin over Jack Swagger. Both said Baron Corbin. We did not actually make a prediction for Wyatt Orton. We talked about it, but All right. I just I'm just I'm just going through the rest of the of the of the card and everything. Uh, Dolph versus Miz. Obviously, you're going Dolph, think, and I'm going Miz. I think that well, was pretty I, much. Well, I th- I I think Miz is going to win, but I'm going to take my boy Dolph for our bet. So with your with your brain, you're going with the Miz, and with your heart, you're going with Dolph Ziggler. Absolutely. As a terrible thing if you're a gambler. It is. All right. Uh, Nikki versus Carmella. This is one of the one of the only matches on this card where I'm actually kind of conflicted. I think Carmella could go over where she's the new face and her character development has been really good lately where, you know, she's just bitchy and she just always gets into Nikki Bella's shit. Figuratively, uh, but <laughs> but the th- the thing is here, Nikki has not been back for very long. You know, they had her make a surprise appearance and come back a couple of months ago, and she got a big win, and she came back as a face after being a heel for all that time, and I have a hard time believing that they're going to have her lose so quickly coming back. I think the right thing is to have Carmella win, but for whatever reason, I feel Nikki is going to win. Your explanation took longer than the match is probably going to last tomorrow, too, by the way. That's I don't know. I opinion. think because uh, the Becky Lynch match is out, I think they might be last longer than that. But it could also, I mean, they could also alter it so that the, th- the two of them and Alexa Bliss end up fighting for the women's title if they make Becky forfeit the title and everything. I That thought crossed my mind. If it ends up being Nikki Bella versus Carmella... I'm going with the Queen of Staten Island. All right. Uh, Usos, what happens, though, if it is the triple threat? Alexa Bliss wins. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, uh, obviously, my future ex-wife is going to win that match. Right. Because one of them was supposed to win it, and then one got pulled from the match. Obviously, the thought of Becky Lynch losing and you know not being my ex-wife was enough for her to hurt herself to get herself taken out of the title match for tomorrow's pay-per-view. So obviously, Becky, I don't blame you. I I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to you know risk being not my ex-wife and stuff like that. So uh, obviously, I'm 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 gonna say I'm definitely gonna go with Carmella if it's just her versus Nikki. If it ends up being a triple threat for the women's title, which is always a possibility, I'm going with Alexa Bliss. Sure. Tag teams. All right, so we've got the Usos against Rhino and Slater. I I think Rhino and Slater have one more, at least one more month in them. The Usos just turned. I I, I mean, I could, if I thought Rhino was going to stick around for a while, I could see them having Rhino and Slater lose, but because I think Rhino is just kind of on a short-term thing, I think Rhino sticks around. And we'll be here until, you know, maybe Survivor Series. So I think Rhino and Slater go over here. I, I love what these two guys have been doing lately. To me, they're either the first, they're 1A or 1B uh, as most entertaining right now. It's either those two guys or Jericho and uh, Kevin Owens. I want to agree with you. I really do in the worst possible way. I love what they did with the Usos with this heel turn and everything. I love the new character that they have. 
new music, and, new outfits. You know, and as and as a gambler, you know, my heart's telling me to go with Slater and Rhino, and my head's telling me to go with the Usos. Double wide. But as 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 a gambler, one of the biggest rules you have to go for is you never bet with your heart. And I ultimately think that Slater and Rhino turn into the proverbial pumpkin at midnight, and they will be dropping the titles tomorrow night to the Usos. All right. A little disagreement there. A little disagreement on that. We're not betting on that one either, though. Right. Because I, 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 I may I, drink I, a pumpkin beer if this happens. I'm not drinking pumpkin shit. I know. You ha- You guys had a chance to get me to drink pumpkin something or eat pumpkin something. You guys decided that this was sour a better cream. option because you actually thought that the brainless one was going to throw up from eating the sour cream, and yet he proved you all wrong. Boom. Realest guy in the room. So that that's SmackDown. That's no oh, mercy. Oh, 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 we missed a match. We did. Randy oh. Orton versus oh. Bray Wyatt. The only match that I really want to see tomorrow night, as I'm as I'm well, going uh, back and forth. As uh, okay, one of the few matches I want to see tomorrow night. I'm sorry, you're right, because you know the Giants are on tomorrow. They're playing the Green Bay Fudge Packers in in Lambeau what? Field. I hope my father's listening too, because that's a direct shot at his football team. Obviously, <laughs> I know that Aaron Rodgers is going to throw like six touchdowns and 785 yards against the Giants because the Giants suck. As usual, but I I'm going to be bouncing back and but forth. The training between. staff is much better. The training staff is much better. They haven't lost a lot of players to injury. The fact that it's what week five and they've only lost like one player, excuse me, the injury to like a significant injury. I mean, they're going to be getting the guy back by before the end of the season. You know, if this was Who Tom Coughlin, you know, if this was Tom Coughlin in the old in the old uh, training Winning staff, Super you know, Bowls I mean, they would have nine and seven you know, versus four and twelve. You, you, yeah, and what happened when they won that? When they went to the season, uh, they were nine and seven, and they went to the Super Bowl, and they beat that stupid bunch of cheaters who deflate footballs and record teams while they're practicing. And the Giants are th- are the Brock Lesnar's of the NFL because they are the one behind the one in eighteen and one, and you can't take that away from them, and you can't teach that bitch. Just remember that it's all because your boy Tom Brady had to open his mouth. The entire season, the Patriots didn't say a damn thing. And then for some reason, the one guy that got under the Patriots' skins was Plaxico Burris. As he goes, the Giants are going to win 21-17. And Tom Brady, who could have taken the high road, like the team has done the entire season, no. 17 points. (laughs) With Plaxico going to play defense? That's all I'm going to say. My Giants are still my Giants. I don't care, good, bad, or ugly. I am always going to be a Giants fan, and I will support that team whether they win or they lose. So the fact that I'm going to be bouncing back and forth between Sunday Night Football and the pay-per-view tomorrow night, that's what matters. But I will have my undivided attention on two matches tomorrow. Randy Orton versus Bray Wyatt and the Miz and Dolph Ziggler. I'm going to pay attention also to the triple threat match and the other matches. I'm just saying, I'm going to be going back and forth because I'm going to have one-on-one and the other one on the TV and whatever. I can stream it. And don't judge me. Don't judge me. I know. you got ADHD, so you, you, you need right. multiple yeah. things going All right. on in so, your life. All right, so we, we did the predictions. We did Raw. We did SmackDown. And NXT this week was rather laughable, to well, say the I least. Well, I mean, it was better than last week. It wasn't as... A lot of squash matches. The squ- It wasn't... 
squash matches a plenty where, like, the week before it was, like, every match except for one was a squash match and it was terrible. I, you know, they're trying to rebuild the show, and I understand that, but you can't do it by squashing everybody that's new. And The yeah. authors of pain absolutely embarrassed the... Whatever they were, the Bollywood Burial Boys, the Bollywood Boys, the Burial Boys, whatever well, the, the fuck they are. Authors of Pain are new guys, and they're, I like the fact that they have Paul Ellering with them, they're and my, they go out and they just beat the hell out of They're people. my pick to win that tournament, by the way. I I agree with that. They I, should I th- win it. I mean, I understand that the Revival's in it, and you got a team like Ciampa and Gargano in this, and you have Bobby Roode teaming up with Ty Dillinger. You have a lot of talent in this tournament. Not that you didn't have it last year or anything, but you have a lot of tra- uh, talent in this thing. The Authors of Pain are going to win this thing. The only, I mean, we've discussed this before. I think the only way the Authors of Pain lose is if it's some sort of DQ or something like that where they just, you know, they go beyond the five count beating the hell out of somebody. That's all it is. So, you know, the Authors of Pain going over and being freaking badasses like they are, I have no problem with that. They made the Bollywood boys really look like chumps. And I think the Bollywood boys are better off served being like cruiserweight guys. Right. Um, Other than that, I mean, really, anything else that really stuck out for NXT this week? um, I mean, Rich Swan was victorious in his match against... I mean, everything else I think that happened on the card was kind of blah. Um, The most... Interesting thing was almost uh, we had the revival going against Cet, uh, Cedric Alexander and CN Almas. What the what the heck's his first name? Andrade. Andrade CN Almas and uh, Edward James Almas. Right. And Almas ended up turning on Cedric Alexander. You know, it's one of those things where Almas his character has really come off very flat. I'm hoping a heel turn like this will bring the best out of him. Because so far, his run in NXT has kind of been forgettable. I can give a shit about Andrade Cien Almas. I'm a huge Cedric Alexander fan. I hope Cedric Alexander kicks his fucking teeth down his throat. I don't, I don't think Almas is talented at all. He looks like a like a, a foo-foo himself. Really wouldn't be surprised if he came out and was part of the LGBT or whatever the fuck it is group. And, you know, that's how they push him and everything. If he went back to Mexico, I wouldn't miss him. I really wouldn't. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't think he's talented at all. The fact that he wasn't even at NXT Norfolk made it up for the fact that, you know, I, I was actually happy he wasn't there because if he was actually in a match, I would have probably went and used that as my bathroom break instead of the fact that I almost pissed my pants and had to leave during a NXT women's title match, and I'm I'm embarrassed the the fact that I had to admit that, and I'm very disappointed in myself. But never have not been a big fan of almost one thing that happened at NXT this week on Wednesday that really irked me was how they're talking about how they're trying to promote all these new stars, how they're trying to reestablished the locker room and everything. And Dan Matha was supposed to make his NXT debut this week. He went out there, he got in the ring, and then Samoa Joe went out there and kicked the living shit out of him. 
That fucking bothered me. If if he yeah. had gone out there and attacked any other superstar, that's fine. If he attacked Cedric Alexander, I wouldn't have had a big problem with it. If he attacked Cien Almas, I wouldn't have had a problem with it. Clearly, I wouldn't have had a problem with it. If he attacked No Way Jose, or if he attacked The Drifter, or if he attacked whoever the fuck it was. This is the only guy that you should not have had him attack. You're having Dan Matha. You have him have these these video vignettes to, to kind of like establish. And he's a big dude. And it's like, Fat you're ass. talking about, excuse me, putting over this new talent, but yet you bring this new guy out to make his debut and have Joe beat the shit out of him and make him look like a freaking nobody. You might as well just release him now because nobody's going to take him seriously. He goes out there, he gets his ass kicked on his first night on NXT, and then that's it. You know what? That was the dumbest thing that they did for that whole show. And after that, I was like, you know what? I, I can't even take this show serious anymore. I really can't. Because that really that bothered me. Yeah. Beyond, I mean, and that wasn't even hey, the one Bob, thing that happened know, that like was that. NXT related. That wasn't even the one thing that happened that was NXT related that pissed me off the most this week. Well, the thing is, uh, kind of what you're saying, similar to what I was saying before, like, the level of pissed off you are... I'm not the same level of pissed off. Like, I understand they're trying to further the storyline of Joe being a badass and just taking everybody out, but they shouldn't do it to a new guy when they've been so kind the, – the, their roster is thin because of all the people they brought up right. to the main roster. You don't take this guy that you've been building up to be a beast and be a monster and make him look like a chump. They could have taken anybody else. I mean, it, it's it's almost at the level when NXT season, I think it was four winner, or it was either three or four winner, Johnny Curtis. And they had all these video vignettes with him about how he used to come up with these puns like the writing is on the wall and all this shit. And he came out there and he got fucking blasted by Ryback. And it's like, what was the point of having NXT yeah. and having him win if all you're going to do is have him get freaking squashed by Ryback? Yeah. It goes back to what we were talking about early on in the podcast tonight. Well, with it's the fact that they've done, where they've done so much stupid shit. It would have been like a few years back when they were doing these vignettes with you know Alberto Del Rio, like he's this you know Mexican aristocrat and he's a billionaire and he's got all these cars and he gets all the women and he's like this you know this guy and I'm Alberto Del Rio, but you already knew that blah blah blah. And he came out his first night, made that grand entrance that he had when he first came out, which is still with one Ro of my Roberto with, which Rodriguez, is Ricardo. Ricardo. I'm Roberto. He's Ricardo. Right. right. Still one of my top five favorite entrances of all time. But it would have been like if he came out there after all those vignettes and how you're supposed to make him out to be like this big star, and he came out there, and then you had John Cena come out where he's not even fighting Alberto Del Rio and just beat the living hell out of him and throw him out of the ring. That's the comparability of what happened yeah. with Dan Matha and Samoa Joe, and it really fucking pissed me off. And I've actually been waiting just as long... Just to go off on that, because I saw that on Wednesday, and I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. I'm like, yeah. it's the dumbest thing that they've, I really would say it's the dumbest thing they've ever done, but they've done a lot of stupid shit over the years. See, Kazarni. Well, but, but, like, NXT has not done a lot of stupid things, oh, no, and this and is one of them. This is, yeah, this is absolutely one of them. I had no problem with Joe coming out last week and beating up the Twins like he did. I had no problem with him attacking some, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura the way he did a few weeks back. I love the fact that he's going up... A lot of the things that they've done in NXT has been really good, and, you know, it's not very often that they come up with something stupid. This is definitely one of those rare occasions where they came up with something stupid that I had a serious problem with, and, you know, that's that's the, that's the end of what I have to say. And I don't even well, want to bring hopefully up... hopefully they'll freaking correct this in a, a few weeks. Uh, 
obviously they're leading to Joe in Nakamura and take over Toronto. And we'll, we'll you know, I think we're going to get a blow off to that feud and it's going to be going to be a hell of a match. Right. So with NXT, like we saw the show on Wednesday, that ended up leading into kind of led into what we saw on Thursday where we actually did get to see Samoa Joe and Shinsuke Nakamura in the ring. And one thing that they did is they kind of played off the injury that uh, Joe inflicted upon Shinsuke where... He had the neck brace on as he made the entrance and they ripped it off uh, as he was making his way to the ring. Fantastic. Shinsuke Nakamura's entrance, A++ when you're there. Even, Even in such a small venue that we were at, and you know, with a small crowd and everything, that was, it was still fantastic. I, you know, the fans really got behind him. I would say, of all the guys at the show that night, Shinsuke definitely got the loudest pop of anybody. And then there was probably like two A, two B, two C, and two D to me. I, I think with that, it was definitely Shinsuke top. I think then after that, you're like Bobby Roode, next Samoa Joe. And uh, Cedric Alexander, Sad, Cedric a- Alexander, were all close. I, I'm not I, going I, to say that. Like, I, I I looked at it. It was Shinsuke Nakamura was got the highest and Oscar pri- too. pop. Then it was Bobby Roode and Cedric Alexander was second, and then in the next tier it was Samoa Joe and Oscar had the very loud pop. The cr- the crowd was fantastic. If I have to say a good, like I said, it was going to do the good, the bad, and the ugly. I have to say the good. The wrestling was really good. The wrestling was fantastic. The fans were very good. The fans really got behind them. They started a lot of a lot of um, chants that I wasn't expecting them to chant and everything. Um, I mean, they had, uh, what was it, uh, who was the, Lince Dorado? We had Lince Dorado against Blake from uh, the former NXT, Blake and Murphy, cha- they were NXT tag champions. Fantastic match to lead off the thing. I, you know, Lince Dorado looked really good. I think he has a bright future in the cruiserweight division. Absolutely, um, got over clean on Blake. They actually had a pretty good match. Um, it wasn't the greatest match, but like I mean, it, it was, was still it was, a very solid match. It was better than any match we saw on Wednesday on NXT. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, y- you had that match, and it got the crowd kind of off to a hot start. And you know they played a lot of that match like there was a lot of little comedy bits but like it really worked it got the crowd into the match where's alexa was the best chant of the night by the way well i'm for those that don't know alexa and uh blake are dating what a fuck bag shit boy sorry not sorry um yeah so uh another match that happened was we got to see Aaliyah versus Liv Morgan a match that was just kind of like put together, you know, just for the sake of putting together. Had a very entertaining match. Both women are very, very talented. They both look good. They both look, obviously they look good. I was I was trying to get Aaliyah to come and sit on my face after the show and everything, but didn't, didn't work, work out my way. Yeah. Regardless, um, looked very good. Liv Morgan went over on Aaliyah. You know, with them trying to rebuild the women's division, I thought both of these women really did themselves a service. You know, when you do these house shows, you know, you don't get as many eyeballs, but, you know, it's about little by little building that following, and I think both of them did themselves well here. Aaliyah comes off as, like, 
like when she came out, like the crowd was cheering her, and by the end of the match, they were booing her because she did a lot of things correctly as a heel right. in the ring of being a bitch and really just kind of like right. selling herself and her gimmick and her character. And I thought Liv Morgan really, you know, she's got a lot of fire, and I think she she has a bunch of potential. I, Personally, I like Aaliyah better. I think oh, me she, too. I think her ceiling is much higher. I agree with you on that one as well. I think Aaliyah has a very bright future in the women's division, not only in NXT, but once she gets her call up to the main roster, she's going to be a threat to, re- to reckon with on the main roster. Um, something else, the Authors of Pain fought TM61. A lot better match than I thought it was going to be. Authors of Pain looked really good in the match. They, you know, because... You know, and I know you can attest to this and everything. They're usually in those two-minute squash matches where, they're like, they go in there, they beat the shit out of, you know, Joe Brody and, you know, Bill Smith, and, <laughs> you know, and they get over in, like, two minutes, and they squash the shit out of them and everything. You know, the fact that we're used to them being in squash matches, and they went out and they actually had a pretty good match against TM61, and I thought the match was going to be over in, like, two or three minutes, but they, they actually put on a very long match, considering it's the Authors of Pain, the fact that these guys are like squashers, and I'm used to like Braun Strowman and and Ryback being guys who squash and people. And Nia Jax. And Nia right. Jax. But these guys are actually pretty good. They actually put a really good match on. Um, the only drawback that I had for, for uh, the fact that the Authors of Pain were taken on TM61 was the fact that Paul Ellering wasn't there. A Hall of Famer. I would have loved to have seen Paul Ellering. I would have went out of my way to take my picture with him, get his autograph. Do all the Mark things that, you know, Marks do when they're at because a wrestling we're event. Because Mark. Because I'm, I'm definitely a fucking Mark. You look up the definition of a Mark in the dictionary, there's a picture of Bobby the Brainless. You know, with me, with the Authors of Pain, you know, they look really intimidating. They they look great. They dress the part. Having Paul Ellering is, you know, just It's going to really... definitely benefit them in the long run. It is, and uh, I'm sure bringing Paul Ellering on board had something to do with Paul Ellering wanting, you know, his daughter on, you know, NXT and what right. have you, and helping her get her foot in the door. But having Paul Ellering there does nothing but really enhance them. I wish that we got to see uh, precious Paul Ellering there. But you know what? They put on a really good match, really entertaining match. TM61, I'm sure help carry them to that good match. Right. But, like, they actually told a bit of a story in the ring, and I, I was impressed with what they could could do. It wasn't just all, you know, power moves. That There was meaning behind what they were doing. So right. I, good F- stuff. Fantastic match. They, they definitely exceeded my expectations of anybody that performed on Thursday. And, you know, we ended up, uh, what they did is they split the show in two, and they had the first half, and with Elias Sampson going against No Way Jose. No Way Jose. And the crowd, you know, completely, I don't know if they're into No Way Jose, but they're into his music, definitely, and they're into his fun persona, I guess. I think that they are behind No Way Jose, because he definitely got a pop that was comparable to Asuka and Samoa Joe on Thursday, of anybody on that show and everything. I, I'm 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 drinking the Kool Aid. I am. I'm drinking the no way, uh, the yeah the No Way Jose Kool Aid. I think he's very talented. He needs a little bit more work in the ring, but he's got a gimmick that works. And if you got a gimmick that works, 
the sky's the limit for you. Because if you've got something that the fans will love and the fans will react to and the fans can get behind and the fans can chant, that's half the battle. You know, I think with No Way Jose, his gimmick reminds me a little bit of Adam Rose. Obviously, he doesn't have rosebuds or what have you. But as far as like being the fun guy, the party animal, this, that, and the other thing... He's kind of like a cross of, to me, he's like a cross of Adam Rose and the Funkasaurus. But with that, there's there's kind of a ceiling with how high you could get. You could probably get much higher in NXT having that gimmick. When he goes to the main roster, he needs to tweak it, tweak the character. Right. Otherwise, he is not going to be anything more than comedy and fun. And, you know, comedy and fun just does not bring you to the top of the card unless you're Name The Rock. Just ask Santino Morello. Prime example. Right. Uh, also, I mean, I think that led to the break. That, that was the intermission, which, after the intermission, I hate, to say, being... I hate to say the fact that the intermission was the best part of that show for me. Even though well, I, got to, I, I got to cross off a lot of wrestlers I never thought I was going to see live. The Bobby Roods and the Samoa Joes and... The Austin Arieses, but the fact that the intermission was the best part of the show, and I'm going to get to that once we well, once no, we finish let's through talk the about it right now. Let's, no, let's talk let's about talk, it right now. I don't want to fucking talk about it right now. No, listen. Okay. All right. All right. So you want me to go there? You want, want me to you fucking? To you just, you've been trying talk to push about the man. You want to talk been, about the man? You, you were fucking pushing my it buttons all last Cologne. last fucking two days. You've been like, you're like, you know what? You're not going to get emotional about it on Saturday like you are on Thursday. And you know what? I'm here to fucking prove a point to you. You know what? I am going to get emotional about it. I'm definitely going to get emotional about it. I fucking knew that that, that guy was going to be fucking trouble. The second I fucking saw him when we, when I was coming back from was the concession. The, the fact that, you know, he looked like he was lost at this freaking arena. And the fact that I knew exactly where I was going, even though it was only my second time at the Ted, Ted Constant Con Center. In, Campus in, ODU. In, Old Dominion in University. Norfolk, Virginia. Right. Even though we're not live, so nobody saw the thumbs up like I did with the McFoley oh. thing and everything. What? But you know, I knew it when he got lost and he said he was going to he was going to Row J in Section 103, and I said, you know what? I'm like, this isn't going to be good because you know what? I was right behind him. He didn't even acknowledge my existence, and and that fucker sat down before I could even get to my seat, and he had to sit. He actually had the seat directly next to me, and I was like, you know what? He had these fucking condiments put together and, like, some kind of crazy concoction. There was some white shit on it. I don't know if that was, like, blue cheese. I don't know if that was, like, mayonnaise. sour cream. I don't know if it was mayonnaise. I don't know if he fucking jizzed in his fucking condiments, but I don't know what the fuck it was. But he put it in the middle of the floor. He didn't pick it up, so I could have stepped in that shit. That would have been strike number one. Strike number two was within five minutes of me sitting down, and I caught the whiff of that fucking shit that he was wearing. I don't know was what the fuck it was. I, he was definitely a shit bag. Oh, it's not going to end just on this, Jay. I'm fucking going off. You might as well just turn off your microphone for the next couple minutes, because I'm just going to fucking unload. All right? This guy fucking stunk. All right? That's why I brought up the whole thing with the people that you meet at OTB earlier, because those guys fucking stink, but this guy stunk in a different way. He didn't smell like shit. He smelled like a combination of barbershop powder and, like, cheap two ninety nine fucking Walmart brand cologne that he mixed together. And I had to smell that shit for fucking two and a half hours. It was very unpleasant. The fact that he was doing that, he had his girlfriend there. Dude, I he saw a girlfriend. Your... That fucking blew my mind. This guy fucking stunk. He had some weird fucking condiment concoctions. Oh, by the way, he had a fucking man bun. 
You don't have a fucking man bun. Who do you think you are? Fucking Ty Dillinger? That's why Ty Dillinger isn't taken seriously. He's got a fucking man bun. He calls himself the perfect 10. He's not a perfect 10. He's got a fucking man bun. If you have a douche? fucking man bun, you are a fucking turd. You're a fucking loser. You're a fucking shitbag. Oh, by the way, and you fucking stink. And then to make matters worse with this fucking guy is throughout the card, he was making these little snide fucking comments. He kept looking at my fucking phone every time I was ready to fucking tweet something, like I was going to tweet about him. Yeah, buddy, I'm sorry. You know, I was actually going to tweet about how much of a shitbag you are and how you smell like a fucking, like a dirty fucking man whore. I, I mean, I don't even think Sex Panther smelled as bad as that shit that I had to fucking smell on Thursday. You know, and that fucking pissed me off. And he's going simply, like, oh, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if No Way Jose is, uh, uh, you Dominican. know, I, I don't know if he's Dominican. He just might be a brother. And I'm like, you can't fucking say shit like this. And he's like, oh, I guess he is from the fucking Dominican. I guess he is Dominican. Yeah, no shit. He's from the fucking Dominican that makes him a fucking Dominican. You know, and you were making all these, and the dude was making snide comments the entire time. So it wasn't even the fact that I still have the fucking smell of this guy fucking encrusted into my nose hairs for the last two fucking days, and the fact that even with the sour cream being done, I could still smell that shit in my fucking nose, where it's still fucking there, and the fact that I'm fucking drinking, and the fact that I'm smoking cigarettes, and the fact that I actually smoked a cigarette through my fucking nose to get that smell out didn't even help. And you, and you were worried? You were worried that I wasn't going to have the same fucking emotion on Saturday? Are you fucking kidding me? I've been whining about your fucking cat eating my goddamn sandwich for five fucking months now, and you were worried? You were really worried that I wasn't going to go off on Saturday about this fucking guy. I mean, he was making like, oh, hey, it's like JR, ha, ha, and he was making these fu I'm like, I just want to take this guy out in the back of this fucking arena and beat the living hell out of him. I want to beat him within an inch of his life and, and then cut off his fucking man bun and then hose him down. Because the guy fucking stunk. The guy had a fucking man bun. And you know, his girlfriend had more knowledge about professional wrestling than he did. I would tell him to fucking marry this broad. But you know what? Eventually, at some point, he's going to realize that he's a fucking turd sandwich. That's all there is to it. He's a fucking shitbag. He's a fucking trash bagger. He's a, to he's a typical fucking mark. I don't know who the fuck he is. I don't know what the fuck he does. But you know what? He fucking stunk. That's all I got to say about this. It, it was fucking terrible. It was the worst part. It wasn't even just the bad of NXT Norfolk on Thursday. It was the fucking ugly, too. I couldn't fucking take it. And you know what the worst part about that whole thing was, Jay? Was that before the show started, your wife came up to me and said, Do you want to sit there, or do you want to just... Or do you want to switch seats for me so that you and Jay can sit next to each other? I said, you know what, Kristen? It doesn't matter where I sit. I can sit next to you. I can sit next to Jay. And you know what? I'm still going to have a good time because I'm still going to be able to talk to Jay. And as soon as this fucking guy sat down and said, God damn it, I should have fucking switched seats with her. Or I should have moved over to the other side of the arena, even though I'm sure I would have fucking smelled him from over there. I'm sure the wrestlers fucking smelled him from down there. And they smell like fucking body odor and sweat. This it was just, it was fucking terrible. How do, you, how do you fucking leave your house like that? I mean, it's bad enough with the fucking man bun, but the fact that you smelled the way you did and you left your fucking house like that? Are you fucking kidding me? That is the worst fucking thing I've ever smelled in my entire life. And I used to smell the guys that never fucking bathed at OTB for fucking 15 years. Come on! Are you fucking kidding me? Don't question my fucking emotional state. Ever. I'm changing my mark out moment of the week to that. <laughs> By the way, how do you really feel? 
going to strangle you with this fucking microphone cord. You might want to change the subject right now. You really don't want me to go on a tangent, because I'll go on for another five, ten minutes about how this guy stunk like a fucking, like an old guy that just left a barber shop and Walmart at the same time. Like, he went to a barber shop inside a Walmart, and it was like, as he was leaving the barber shop, he got, he collided with an employee who was carrying two ninety nine Walmart cologne that they were about to put on clearance for fucking 90% off. I mean, it, 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 I'm telling you that shit right now does not work 60% of the time every time. That shit works 0% of the time all the time. That is the, I mean, wow. Just wow. I, and I, that's all I have to say about the next match in the card. And, Cedric Alexander. And Bobby Roode actually had the best match of the night. They stole the fucking show. They were awesome. They, they, they were glorious. They were I mean, Absolutely. Cedric Alexander had a great entrance. The fans really got behind him. It had a lot to do with the fact that he's from North Carolina and we're in Virginia, so we're like neighboring states. So he's from yeah. this around this area. He did a lot of his work down here. He's very well known. He was very well loved amongst all the competitors in the Cruiserweight Classic. He's a very gifted, talented in-ring performer. I like Cedric Alexander. I do see him as one of those guys in the division. The fact that they kept bringing up the fact that he lost 20 pounds just so he can weigh the 205, 205 so he could fight in the cruiserweight division. He's going to win the cruiserweight title at some point. He's going to win the United States Championship at some point. He's going to win the Intercontinental Championship at some point. He could very well win the Universal title at some point. He's that talented. He's that gifted. I like the kid. He's got a good entrance. He's very good in the ring. And the sky's the limit. And I know that Triple H likes him. Uh, my, my hope for him is we haven't seen a lot of his character like on the mic. He needs to develop that before I will say that like he he could be top tier oh, yeah. guy. But I think he definitely definitely will make it on the Monday Night Raw. Will be a, a cruiserweight champion at some point, and depending on how seriously they make that title and make that division, we'll see. I mean, for me, the jury's still out, I mean, with what they've done with the Cruiserweight champion so far, but the the match that he and Bobby Roode had, match of the night. Oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, Bobby Roode being the heel, uh, ended up uh, kicking him in the groin and, you know, the fact finishing that, him off. The fact that I, winning. I was holding in my, I had to I had to pee for like over an hour, and I was holding that in just so I wouldn't miss the Bobby Roode entrance. And the fact that I found out he was fighting Cedric Alexander, I definitely didn't want to miss the match. I, I even told you, I said, you know, I'd rather piss my pants here than than miss any part of this match or their entrances. And to be fair, I think if I pissed my pants, it would have made where I was sitting smell a lot better than it did. So. Either way, I did hold it in. Absolutely worth it. They both knocked the wrenches out of the park. They both had a very entertaining match. Bobby Roode did go over on Cedric Alexander in an A-plus match. And after the match, Cedric Alexander got a standing ovation from the crowd, got a lot of respect from the fans. They like this kid. I like this kid. Like you said, build up that microphone skills a little bit, and you know you have a chance to be one of the top guys in your division. Well, and one thing about this match that I'm just – one of those little subtle things that I liked, and it's what Bobby Roode did. Bobby Roode does not, he, he's not super flashy, right. but what he does 
matters in the ring. And when he would finish a move, it wasn't like he went to the next move as quickly as he possibly could. He just went in and kind of methodically was tearing apart Cedric Alexander and ended up, you know, like I said, low blow, got the pin. But really good match. I like the fact that he took his time with the moves. It gave the crowd a little bit of time to kind of like soak in what they had seen. Right. Where a lot of times, I love the cruiserweights, the fact that they could do things beyond what, you know, the larger guys can, but sometimes they go a little bit too fast and you're, you're wowed by what they do. But like, as far as like impacting you where you're like, going, whoa, they're telling a story in there. You know, Bobby Roode is a storyteller in the ring and him taking the time to let the move kind of marinate. Right. I think just took that, this match up a couple of notches. And I will say this, they actually had a show in Richmond, Virginia last night, which is a little more than an hour away, about an hour and a half from here. We decided on the Norfolk show because it's a little bit closer. You know, we've been to the Ted Constance Center. We know how to get there and everything. So obviously that had played a lot of, a big part of it. Plus, you know, getting to Richmond at, at you know, five after 5 o'clock on a Friday night or after 6 o'clock on a Friday night for a 7 o'clock show wasn't smart. It wouldn't have been a smart move because you had to deal with traffic and all that shit. But they did have... Um, Cedric Alexander versus Austin Aries last night. I think that would have been probably yeah. right on the same level as Cedric Alexander fighting Bobby Roode. And then they just had Bobby Roode team up with Samoa Joe last night against Shinsuke Nakamura and No Way Jose, which I thought would have been an interesting match. I would have been happy if we went to either show. I'm glad we went to the show that we went to. I saw some really good matches. I mean, all in all, I mean, for the money that we spent for this show, I definitely got my money's worth. Well worth it. Every every match really was worth it. From the first match where it was um, Lindsay Dorado. Lindsay Dorado and Blake or Murphy, whoever the fuck it is, it doesn't really matter because I hate whoever Blake. he is because he's 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 uh, dating my future ex-wife and everything. But um, just I mean, all the way down from the top of the card to the main event, it was just fantastic. And also, what happened that night? We got to see Oscar defend the women's title. And you know. You're One gonna, of the things we've been crowing about is how they haven't, they have nobody to be a legitimate contender against Asuka. And building up these people on TV is obviously the best route, but when you have them at these house shows, you build them up little by little with the audience. They had Asuka going against Peyton Royce. They had a much longer match than if, if this was on NXT, the television show, this would have been a squash match. Right. But with this... They gave them time. You know, this was probably a good solid 15-minute match where Peyton Royce really kind of dominated the action. Asuka had, like, a couple of, you know, really good spurts and obviously ended up coming out on top. But, like, Peyton Royce really told a good story. Her and Asuka together told a good story, and it was really competitive match. I mean, I watched most of the match, obviously, I... I and you decided, smelled part of it. And I, I definitely, this was my chance. I, I, I'm sorry because I've been doing it for a very long time. I just figured that the women's match was the potty break anyway. But I missed about a five-minute portion of the match because I was running up the stairs and trying to find a men's room. And that, that was another nose. thing. That was another bad thing I have to bring up about that was the fact that the Ted Constant Center, I actually passed five women's bathrooms before I found a men's room. I, I, I don't understand that. I mean, if the good was the entire card on... On Thursday, the bad was that the ratio of women's bathrooms to men's bathrooms 
was as as you know the the gap was just so incredible that I almost actually thought about putting a bow in my head to actually just use the women's room, and then the ugly was the fucking shit bag that I had to sit next to. But I mean, yeah, I had to miss it. I did miss a portion of the match. From what I from what I saw, I mean, Peyton Royce actually put up a better match than I thought. I really thought that that was going to be another squash match, kind of like with the Authors of Pain and everything. But they had a good match. Peyton Royce held her own. Has a chance to be one of those people that can actually compete. I also thought it was interesting that Asuka was treated as a face. Well, I mean, Asuka has... She's kind of a tweener. Yeah, she's... I, I think the fans cheer for her because she's so badass in the ring and... She doesn't talk much. Like, they had her do that interview a couple of weeks ago, and I think a lot of the reason why she doesn't talk is her English is broken. You can't always tell what she's saying. You have to really listen intently where, you know, if she's just kind of the silent assassin, you know, it's, to me, it's money. Not everybody needs to talk. Brock Lesnar doesn't talk, and he is the most over thing in WWE right now. But that's because he has somebody to talk for him. Yeah, but if you put Paul Heyman with Asuka, I think that would be quite an awesome combination. The only person you can't put Paul Heyman with to make them better is Roman Reigns. My client with the wettest hair in the WWE. Sorry. I had to go but, but honestly, I think Asuka is the silent destroyer is perfect for her, and it should be her. She To me, she does not need to develop that character. She does not need to talk right she just needs to be a destroyer right kind of like Braun Strowman and kind of like Nia Jax Braun Strowman has like the thing where he yeah you know that's all he needs to say or like you know what he Braun Strowman did on Monday where he's like I need competition keep his words to a minimum let him destroy Oscar needs to do the same thing one thing I found like Seeing her in person, she's a bit shorter than I thought, but, you know, even with that, she is so quick, so good, and so badass in the ring, it it doesn't matter. She's a fucking destroyer. Agreed. I couldn't so, agree more with you on that. So, you know, better match, longer match than I had anticipated. I was pleasantly surprised by what Peyton Royce did. Oh, me too. Um, that Which was... led to the main event. Yeah, let's let's get to the main event. I was actually going to go there, where I kind of talked about it a little bit briefly before this. Um, Samoa Joe teamed up with Austin Aries to take on the team of Ty Dillinger and returning Shinsuke, from injury Shinsuke Nakamura, who's really been fighting a lot in these house shows, even though he's supposed to be quote unquote injured and everything. Pretty good match. Um, Joe played the the prototypical heel very well. Yeah, I think. To be honest, he stole the main event for me. He really did. He had what I would consider my like 2A or 2B markout moment of the week. He and Shinsuke, early in the match, are in the ring together. And, you know, going into the match, I'm like, going, oh, they probably should not have a lot of interaction until the end of the match. Well, a couple minutes in... You end up getting Shinsuke and Joe in the ring together, and they look like they're about to go at it. Joe then looks over at Austin Aries, tags him back in, and he goes, "Kick his ass!" Yeah, it was it was pretty funny. That was like it was hilarious. I loved every every minute of the main event. It was it was awesome. 
Uh, I'm just glad I got to see Shinsuke Nakamura live. He's one of those guys I never thought of. I, I, he wasn't a guy that even crossed my mind as somebody that I could see live that I'm never going to see live. And then the fact that I actually got to witness him wrestle live made up for the fact because his entrance is badass. Second best entrance of the night. Behind Bobby Roode. I, I, I gotta give the I gotta tip the cap to Shinsuke Nakamura on this one over Bobby Roode. Not that not to say that Bobby Roode's wasn't good. I would say Shinsuke's was one A and Bobby Roode's was one B. All right. But I, I, I just it's fantastic. And it's not because I don't like Bobby Roode's, it's the fact that the fans were going, Oh, oh and they all were singing it along with his entrance. And I'm gonna do a cheap plug for our Facebook page. We actually have that entrance on our Facebook page. And Bobby Roode's, by the way. And Cedric Alexander's and a few other uh, clips that we've uploaded. Uh, and if you go to Facebook.com slash the FN Marks, we have video of that. Uh, we're going to probably upload some audio and we're going to, I think we're going to cut together a kind of a, a mini highlight reel of the things that we saw that night. Also, if, night. if you go on our Twitter page at F underscore N Marks or at the F underscore N Marks on Twitter. We also have pictures and videos from that night. If you want to see Bobby Roode's entrance, it's also on there. Uh, the same thing with the Shinsuke Nakamura. A lot of the pictures from a lot of the matches are also on there. So definitely check those out in case you don't have a Facebook like Bobby the Brainless. Yeah. Kind of have to go to you know uh, Twitter to get to that point. But uh, so it ended up it, it was Austin Aries and Samoa Joe against Ty Dillinger and. Shinsuke Nakamura. Ty Dillinger was remarkably over with this crowd. Anytime he did the 10, like, the crowd was completely into it. And when Austin Aries, you know, his gimmick is the greatest man that ever lived. And he put number one, like, he's number one in the world. And, and then, the crowd was but the crowd just kept on going, yeah. one, basically telling, you know, Aries that he's a shit. He's one out of ten. Yeah. It so, was a fantastic crowd. I, the one thing I will not take away I will not take away from the crowd is that all but like one person in that crowd was awesome that night. The fucking the turd sandwich that I sat next to was the fucking shit bag of the night and he can he can kiss my ass and you know, he can, you know, take maybe take a shower and get that stench off of him. But I, it's just it, for, for me, with this match, they combined so many things. They had psychology, they had comedy, and they had, you know... Great wrestling. Great wrestling, and, you know, when you combine comedy and Japanese strong style, it's a little... It seems like a little strange, but they right. made it freaking work. It worked, and it was fantastic. And the right outcome happened. Yep. You had, a, you know, for... for what they have going storyline-wise, you had basically a returning Nakamura going over, and he did not beat Samoa Joe. He pinned Austin Aries with the Kimshasa. Yep. Crowd went absolutely berserk for it. Uh, Joe, being the heel that he is, pretended to be a badass and kind of walked away. I mean, he did grab his boy from TNA, Austin Aries, and took him to the back area. Which I wasn't surprised. He could have done that with Bobby Roode or Austin Aries or Eric Young or anybody else, James Storm, AJ Styles, whoever he wanted to fucking carry back from TNA. Kind of like how he carried a lot of that roster when he was in TNA, but that's neither here nor there. I thought Joe was Joe really stole 
the main event for me. I thought his performance was fantastic. You know, the fact that, like you said, with the comedy aspect, he really knocked it out of the park. Very good in the ring. I like Samoa Joe. Looking forward to seeing him get the call up to the main roster. All four of those guys are going to be on the main roster at some point in the foreseeable future, along with Bobby Roode. We're already going to see Cedric Alexander. I think the sky's the limit for those guys. Had to give the show a, a grade. I would give it about an 8.5 out of 10. Not, I would not, give not, it like a B plus. I would give it an eight. I would give it an eight and a half out of ten. There was a lot of great wrestling. The the, the fans were really into it. Um, not really disappointed with any of the outcomes of any of the matches. Would have given it a higher score if you know. I don't know. I I, I I'm just a hard. I'm just a harsh grader. So that's why I can't give it like a nine or a ten. But I would say an eight and a half, kind of borderline onto a nine. You know, I. I, I think if Paul Ellering was there, it would have definitely changed my vote from an 8.5 to a 9. Or a 9.5. I will definitely go to another NXT show. If oh, they without hit, question. hit up the area, they really did a good job getting the crowd involved. They did little things like Twitter polls and very interactive for the fans. And having you know making sure you bring the stars to the show so people have somebody to cheer for, and it's not a bunch of jabronis. Even the announcer. I forget his name. I'm sorry. I'm horrible with names. I, I'm horrible with names, too. But, you, you know, he did a he, really he good was job. He awesome. Yeah. He really, he really made it so that it kept my grade at an 8.5 out of 10. Because if, if he was kind of like a, a, like a turd, like the guy that I once saw at Big Time Wrestling when he was announcing the wrestlers in the ring, I'm... I'm Absolutely kidding. We I'm kid. Kidding. We kid. I kid. I kid. But, we you love know, you, Sean. Oh. As much as you love shit boy, Sean. But uh, speaking of shit boys, I think today, I think right now is the opportune opportunity to to bring it up. Today. Today. This day in history. At a, whops, at a whopping now 621 days. Curtis Axel has been in the 2015 Royal Rumble for 621 days. That's unheard of. That is Hall of Fame worthy right there. It's almost perfect. Except for he hasn't He is in heaven. Anyway, uh, on that note, um, I think it's time for us to uh, put a close to this podcast for this week, episode 12 of the fucking Marks. I am Bobby the Brainless. And I'm Ja Rule. Thank you for listening, and thank you for watching me eat the sour cream. All right. Thanks. See you next week. Peace out, players. <laughs>